0: A family of three vanishes into the mountains one October day. Family is concerned. The parents' behavior leading up to the disappearance was bizarre. They spoke of their home being haunted by spirits. They were involved in witchcraft and acted increasingly strange towards family and friends. Welcome back to Avery After Dark. I am your host, Avery Ross. If you're the type who is interested in those strange, unexplainable, and bizarre stories, whew, I got a case for you. Today's episode is an unsolved mystery out of Oklahoma, the disappearance of the Jameson family. This story is as disturbing as it is puzzling. The Jameson family consisted of Bobby Dale Jameson, 44, Sherilyn Jameson, 40, and their daughter, Madison Stormy Star, 6, and they lived in Eufaula, Oklahoma. Leading up to the disappearance, there were some really strange things going on with the family. They lived in a fairly decent-sized home, but on their land was a storage unit, it was covered in graffiti, they had a smashed-up truck, broken-down cars. Neither Bobby nor Sherilyn were working because of disabilities, but were receiving disability checks. Bobby himself had been involved in a car accident and injured his back years before and was on pain meds for the injury that hadn't quite healed. He was having a hard time getting around physically because of his back. And Sherilyn was bipolar, manic depressive, so both of the two were on various prescription drugs at all times. Both Bobby and Sherilyn were known to have extreme depression throughout their lives. Friends and family said the couple did have arguments and there were issues within the marriage. Some family said they were very happy together, but a couple friends came forward and said they were actually having some real problems. As I mentioned, the Jamesons believed that their home was being haunted by two to four spirits, evil spirits, and it terrified them. They claimed that there were these three spirits that were on the roof. A pastor named Gary Brandon in Eufala told police that Bobby had contacted him about spiritual warfare and special holy bullets that could be used to shoot spirits. Sherilyn herself dabbled in the supernatural and was very much into witchcraft and described herself as a witch. She told family and friends that she had even cast a demon out of someone. On their property where they lived, they had the storage container I mentioned. On it, she had written, quote, Three cats killed to date by people in this area. Witches don't like their black cats killed. End quote. Sherilyn believed that people in Eufala were killing her cats and wanted to warn people not to mess with her or her animals. She was a witch. This leads up to why the family was out in the mountains to begin with, and that is because they were wanting to move. They wanted to get out of town and buy a piece of land in the mountains. They really wanted to get away from people. Their plan was actually to move that storage container to whatever property they were going to purchase and live in that until they had built a house, which is alarming that any adult would think it would be okay to force a six year old to live in a windowless storage container. But that was their plan, and they were looking at different properties in the mountains 30 miles away from their home. This was really going to be their fresh start in their minds. And Sherilyn actually had a son from another relationship named Colton, who was older and didn't live with the family. And he said that he had spoken to Sherilyn in the weeks before they disappeared. And he had talked with his mom, but she made no mention of the move. So some strange inconsistencies going on. And there was major turmoil within the family as well on Bobby's side. Six months before the disappearance, Bobby filed a protective order against his father, Bob Dean Jameson, because he had reportedly threatened to kill Bobby and his family on two separate occasions, in 2008 and 2009. The tension between the two built because Bobby worked at his father's gas station and was promised to be compensated, but his father reportedly never paid him, He was in the midst of actually suing his father at the time the family disappeared. Bobby said that he and his family lived in fear of Bob and even stated that his father hit him with his car in 2008. In the report, he also stated that his father was dangerous and involved with prostitutes, gangs, and meth. The protective order was actually dismissed by a judge in May 2009 So they were suing his father, but this was not their first lawsuit, as they had also sued three others after the car accident in 2005. There were also rumblings of Bobby having an issue with their daughter's school, and I read that he was even planning on suing the school as well. So it looks like this guy was just suing everyone, but the school issue makes me wonder if they were perhaps concerned for Madison's welfare. In and around town, those who knew the Jamisons and worked on the case described them as scammers. And I think you can get that reputation by repeatedly suing everybody for everything. Connie Cocatan, Sherilyn's mother, said that before they vanished, Sherilyn was acting strangely. Analogically, she said that one day the two drove to Oklahoma City and Sherilyn just up and told her, get out of my car in the middle of the trip. So Connie did. So the family was kind of at odds with everybody around them. Leading up to their disappearance, Bobby and Sherilyn were growing increasingly more paranoid towards those around them and acting erratically. I mean, they have all these lawsuits, they aren't getting along with the parents, there's mental illness, drug use, and they're planning to move into a storage unit? It's not good. The Jamesons were last seen a few weeks before Halloween on October 8, 2009, in the woods going to view a 40-acre plot of land near Red Oak, Oklahoma. This is where we get into the infamous eerie, creepy security footage. So because of their paranoia, the Jamesons set up a security system outside their home. The day they left, that footage showed Bobby and Sherilyn in this trance-like state, packing items into the truck in complete silence, not talking to each other, 30 to 40 trips to the car back and forth. This went on for a while. They would even change clothing in the midst. The behavior on the footage was, like I said, almost like they were in a trance. It was strange they would bring items out to the car and then walk back out and remove the item and bring it back in. At points, the two would even just stop and stare during portions of the footage. It's very creepy and strange to see. While packing, police saw them place a briefcase in the truck, which is never seen again. Family later saw the footage and noted that Sherilyn and Bobby looked, quote, emaciated to them, so they were very thin. Everything about their behavior that day truly gives you the creep. Something was very off. And now, a quick word from today's sponsors. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. packed up their truck, and took off for the mountains with their daughter and their beloved dog, Maisie. They told their realtor they didn't need company and were going to check out this property alone. And then, they vanished. When family didn't hear from them for days, they became worried and called the police. Connie, Sherilyn's mother, immediately knew that something bad must have happened and believed that they had been killed from the jump. The sheriff at the time named Israel Beecham initially thought the Jameson's maybe went camping or maybe got lost. He was hoping there was some reasonable explanation. He also got a feel for the family and initially thought, hey, these seem like the kind of people that are off the grid. Maybe they just wanted to get out of town. But days passed and family weren't hearing from them and they hadn't shown back up on the eighth day. October 16th, a local hunter discovered the Jameson's truck pulled off to the side of a dirt road in the mountains. Finding this led investigators to believe that there was foul play here. Something must have gone really wrong, because what they found inside of the truck only raised more suspicions and questions. Inside was $32,000 in cash in a bank bag, Bobby's cell phone, wallet, Sherilyn's purse, their jackets, along with their dog, Maisie, who was miraculously still alive. Maisie the dog fully recovered and went on to live with Bobby's mother. The only items that were missing were that briefcase and Cheryl Lynn's handgun, both of which investigators believe hold important clues. Connie Cocotan, Sherilyn's mother, told investigators that she had no idea where that $32,000 in cash came from. The Jamesons were not known to carry that kind of money around with them. And to this day, family, friends, police, nobody knows where that $32,000 in cash came from. They were not a particularly wealthy family. As I mentioned, they were living off disability checks. So the $32,000 in cash isn't making a lot of sense. Also on the truck, investigators found this 11-page, manically written letter from Sherilyn to Bobby. In it, she states that she hates him. She wrote of her frustration towards Bobby and said that he had destroyed their lives and their relationship, and she also called him a hermit. In the letter, Sherilyn wrote, quote, I would not wish my daughter to be raised in foster care because of you being in prison and her mother dead. After this, Sheriff Beecham began a large-scale search, one of the largest in Oklahoma history. Obviously, yes, they are wanting to find Bobby and Sherilyn, but there is a young child involved in this case, and a young child is missing. That will really drive an investigation into full force when there is a child that's in danger. If I were a detective, I would look at the instability in that relationship, how they were acting leading up to the disappearance, seeing that surveillance footage of them packing up the truck. My focus would be finding the family, obviously, but especially finding Madison. Hundreds searched the woods and hope to find the Jamesons, but found absolutely nothing. These are heavily dense woods, so they needed trucks, ATVs, horses, choppers, to be able to search the area, but there was no trace of them. And eventually they had to call off the search. Sheriff Beecham believed that due to there being no signs of a struggle in or around the truck, he believes they were possibly forced out by someone that they recognized. And there was no evidence that the family was in trouble or wanted to necessarily escape their life. But finding that hate letter they recognized that there was obviously some pretty major issues in this marriage. A local rancher told police that he saw the Jamesons driving up into the area that day. And when they're asked, was there anyone else around? Did you see anybody following them? The rancher told police that he wasn't watching super closely, but didn't note any other cars following the Jamesons or anyone accompanying them. It was just the Jamesons. Whatever transpired that day, it appeared they left their truck in a hurry and seemed to be expecting to return. Family noted how much Madison loved their dog, Maisie, and they would have never have brought their beloved dog only to leave it locked in a truck. For investigators, the question was, were they murdered? Was this some kind of a murder-suicide type of situation, or did the family get out into the woods become injured, or run into some trouble and die from the elements. A glaringly obvious suspect in the disappearance was Bob Dean Jameson. I mentioned the family's turmoil earlier. Investigators looked at Bob as someone who could be involved in this, as he had supposedly threatened to kill the family before. But there are problems with this theory. For one, Bob Dean was a hundred miles away at the time of the disappearances in very poor health and was in a nursing home slash hospital. So police really doubt that he could have or would have physically been up to tracking down his son, and they don't believe that he had any part of this. And he actually ended up dying in December 2009. So Bob is not a suspect. Another angle you may be wondering about is drugs. Their behavior leading up to the disappearance, the strange details surrounding how they went missing. Could drugs be involved? One could connect the $32,000 in cash that was found. The suspicious nature of the case, was this some kind of drug deal gone awry? Sherilyn's mother doesn't believe that drugs were involved, although admitted that the family was having financial issues. Their behavior led investigators to look into the drug theory, but Sheriff Beecham said that they found zero evidence that the two were using or dealing drugs, other than the many medications that the two were prescribed by doctors. Police found those bottles all over the home and car. No illegal drugs were found at their home nor in the car. Many point to the fact that if they were in some kind of a drug deal, they wouldn't have brought their daughter along or their dog. I would argue that if there was a drug addiction, addicts have been known to forego the safety of their children if need be. Not every addict, but I've heard some pretty horrifying stories where parents will bring their children along on these drug runs, which is horrifying. Not saying that this was the case with the Jamesons, but a lot of circumstances surrounding this point to drugs being a factor. Some believe that possibly the family walked onto a rancher's land, were trespassing or something, and were shot. I find this theory unlikely. Another possibility is someone knew the family was driving up there and followed them. Maybe they faked their own deaths. All anyone could cling to were these theories about what could have happened. But time passed, and there was no trace of the family for four years. Until November 2013, three miles away from where their truck was discovered, partial remains of all three Jameson family members were found. The medical examiner couldn't find a cause of death due to the state of the remains. From the years and the elements, there wasn't a lot that they could conclude, but stated that the deaths occurred under suspicious circumstances. But that gun was never found, nor that briefcase— I mention police's theory that this may have been a murder-suicide. After discovering these bodies, police say that this is unlikely as they would have found the gun. So they now lean towards homicide. Connie, Sherilyn's mother, said, quote, Like I said from the beginning, I think somebody killed them. There's just no way that Bobby and Sherilyn would ever let anything happen to Madison unless something had been done to them. End quote. Sheriff Beecham brought in a psychologist to look at the video surveillance of the couple's eerie behavior while they loaded the car that day, and the psychologist reportedly watched and just said, drugs. But again, nothing illegal was found. This is just what he observed from that trance-like behavior that they were exhibiting. Connie points to a very chilling theory, which is that the Jamesons were targeted and killed by a religious cult in southeastern Oklahoma. There are cults in the area, and one in particular supposedly had a hit list that Sherilyn's name was on. I suspect that this may come from her claiming that she was a witch, but one day there was a television program on this case that aired, I believe, on Discovery, And after this, a friend of the family got a call from this mysterious woman who mentioned a cult in the area that she believes is responsible for many missing and murdered people in the area. The mystery caller believed that there are people that could have done the Jameson's harm. To be quite honest, I don't put a lot of stock into this theory. The only evidence that we have is Bobby and Sherilyn acting erratically. And on the security footage of their home, no one suspicious was ever seen on camera, which would lead me to believe that they were being followed or tracked by some mystery, dangerous cult. At the end of the day, the only ones that were acting weird and bizarre are Sherilyn and Bobby. And now just another quick word from today's sponsors. We're back. So some say that it was this mysterious religious cult that was behind their deaths. A less sinister explanation for me would be simply that something happened and the three were out there and got lost and died of exposure. Perhaps they couldn't find their way back to the car. They were three miles away from their truck. That is a bit of a ways. And this was mountainous terrain. I know some of you may say, well, they'd be able to find their way back. They were adults, and I would agree. Stable, healthy adults could navigate their way through the woods. But looking at Bobby and Sherilyn's mental and physical state leading up to the disappearance, the trance-like behavior, the drug use, seeing spirits, Bobby's bad back that apparently was so bad that he couldn't even leave the house at times, would these two have the wits the problem-solving abilities, or the physicality to find their way back if somehow they got lost out there or injured. I look at this as being a possibility in this case. It doesn't explain where the gun and briefcase went, but who's to say maybe they didn't drop it elsewhere when they were lost out there. The sheriff's office maintains that in this case, they believe anything is possible. There are no clear suspects and all the leads that they receive point in so many different directions, as you can tell by the theories we've discussed all over the place. Most times in these cases, I feel like I can get a sense of what most likely happened. But this case stumps me. Every possible explanation makes sense to me until it doesn't. I can read up on this case one day and believe it was this, and the next day I'll think, nah, it's this. So nothing about how this family behaved prior to the disappearance, to how they went missing, to how they were discovered paints a clear picture. There was obviously some major instability and turmoil within the family. There's this supernatural element seeing the ghosts, the witchcraft, but. Mostly the issues between Bobby and Cherylyn, her having this deep hatred towards him. They are feuding with family members and planning to live in a storage container with their young daughter. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I feel so much sadness for Madison, the child in this case. It's sad to me that no one intervened here. These parents were obviously not doing well. Why no one saw this lack of stability and said, hey, let's get this six-year-old out of there for a bit. I don't know. These parents not only had personal issues, but were having issues with each other and drug use mixed in there. An 11-page letter of hate towards the husband. She's talking about him murdering her. The kid's going to end up in foster care. The family maintains that Sherilyn and Bobby loved Madison But from an outsider's stance, that was no environment for a child, period. I believe there's more to the story here. There has to be. And hopefully, one day we get answers as to what happened to the Jameson family. Let me know your thoughts on this case. Do you lean towards a theory here? I always love to hear your ideas. A really strange and sad case overall. I am excited that all of our October episodes will be right on theme with Halloween spooky season. I know you all are ready, just like I am. As always, leave this podcast a good review and a rating. It really helps out so much. And if you'd like all these episodes ad-free and to support the Avery After Dark podcast for only $3 a month, yep, just $3, that's like a cup of coffee nowadays, you can join the Avery After Dark Patreon. I've linked that below. Make sure you're following along on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook so you can stay up to date on all things spooky and mystery. I will see you next episode, detectives. Bye, guys.